0: Block talk radio. Block talk radio. Why trust the parts pros at Advance Auto? Because if there's one thing they know, it's parts. Let's call Advance Auto Parts of Batteries, it's Marquise speaking. Hi Marquise, I need to change my oil and I want the best. Okay. I've got Pennzoil platinum full synthetic. And how much is that? Twenty seven ninety nine and, and that's good stuff, right? Yes sir. Protecting your engine from heat and sludge. You really know your stuff. What's a good time of night to view Neptune? <laughs> Advanced Auto Parts. We know everything about auto parts. Now get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just twenty seven ninety nine, while supplies last. See store for details. Talk Radio.
1: Good evening and welcome to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel.
0: And I'm Darren Noel.
1: I run a full-service private practice um, in behavioral health in
0: Chicago, Illinois.
1: I also have a our hub location in Naperville, Illinois, and we are online um, as well.
0: Yep, and my background is in corporate America. Here in the Wall of Associates, I focus on life coaching, career counseling, and a mock interviews.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So Relationships Wednesdays is all about relationships, of
0: course.
1: Yes. And we are back in full throttle with the new calendar year 2016. Um, last week we talked about starting with the truth, leading with the truth in relationships, that if you start with the truth and you kind of explain your status, on some key things that will help your relationship go better. And this week, excuse me, we're focused on the top ten things that women can do that destroy relationships or destroy their intimate relationships. Now, let me say this. Oftentimes when we're getting ideas from shows, some of the ideas come from us, some of the ideas come from popular media, but this is an article that my husband Darren ran across, and it gave these kind of top ten things that can create uh, discomfort that women specifically do that cause errors and the disruption of their marriages. So we thought that we would go over these speaking points with you and kind of give you our take on
0: it and just give you some food for thought. Right. This is an article that came from hubpages.com. And it's the top ten things women do to destroy their marriage. Again, hubpages.com. So, Again, this they list their top ten things, and we're just going to discuss it, kind of go back and forth. And if you have a comment on it, definitely feel free to call into the show, and I would love to hear from you.
1: Our number at the show is 323-693-3835. Again, 323-693-3835. And if we're discussing issues here and it sounds like you and it sounds like your marriage and you want to work on saving it, then you can also call our office at 630-428-2344. Just schedule an appointment. Absolutely. Let's get started with the first thing. So, one of the, and, and this lady, this um, article, by the way, um, is written by a woman. Yes. Just so that you're aware. So, the, top, the, the main thing that the article talks about is um, women can create a hostile environment where everyone's uncomfortable and it destroys a marriage. And it talks about the ways that women differ from men. And the theory behind this is actually true, that women do have some basic differences and wiring than men, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about intimacy, love relationships, roles, responsibilities, what women feel obligated to do and to say, how we take. Now, each woman is different. So we're talking bell curve here, right? There's going to yes. be some people that listen to this and go, Dr. Well, that is not me and I'm a woman. So not every, not everybody is Identical. Not every woman walking the, the street or being married or wherever they are in life is going to be identical to this, but this is some generality. This is on, on average, right? Just on average. Let's we'll take a look at this. Okay, so, ladies, let's talk about the first thing it talks about. So, basically, um, it says the average female ends her day having spoken nearly 20,000 words, while her husband um, has said about 7,000 in the day to explain the same scenarios, whether they're at work, whether they're at home, whether they're out at the boys at the gym, that women say about double the words or almost triple the words that men do in a day.
0: Right. And women, in this article saying women, are really adept at using their words, okay, to hurt their husband at times they choose to, okay? They know what's going to get his goat, what's going to frustrate him, what's going to cause some problems, going to anger him, okay? And they can use their words to do it. So that's one of the things that, uh, that's the number one thing they can do to damage or destroy their marriage or relationship is using words to hurt uh, hurt their partner mm-hmm. okay so
1: kind of like those cutting like i call it jabs when i'm in therapy and i'm working with a couple sometimes there's a way that both men and women can jab each other but oftentimes women can use words more effectively right so women don't have to curse you out to hurt your feelings i know you guys have all heard that before and so women are uh they're saying that women here can call snark say snarky things and things are going to hurt to the core um what
0: do you think yeah. about that there? I think, I, mean, I think it's true. I know they always say that, you know, words can, you know, sticks and stones will break your, wor- your bones, but words will never hurt you. But words do hurt, especially when it's coming from your your spouse, your wife, uh, your intimate partner. You know, you have shared information with them that you haven't shared with other people. You know, they have they know where your tennis parts are, things that happen to you as a child, as a young adult, and know things that are sensitive to you. And they can use that information to say some things that are hurtful to you. So absolutely it can hurt
1: you know, I got to tell you, working with thousands of couples in couple therapy, I think men and women say words just as much to hurt each other as the other one does. I do think women in general talk more than men, but I have seen both partners, especially when a marriage is decaying, um, use words to hurt each other. I think that one of the things, the reason that women use words so much, is that physically, so that's the way women lash out. I think. Right. The way that women lash out is words, and so they find out that you feel weak about maybe your performance in bed, or you feel abandoned by your parents, or
0: like women try to find that weak spot and attack it. Well, let me let me go on that. Do you think with women, I going the line what we're talking about now, is it more of a planned event where a man may say something, but he's not really thinking I'm going to hurt her with these words. He just I'm just going to say what I feel, blah blah blah. Whereas a woman is a planned event, a calculated planned event. You know what? I know this is tender. I'm going to say this so I can purposely hurt her.
1: I can't speak for every woman. Some people play it, some people don't. I mm-hmm. think it's a defense mechanism. I think when a woman, a lot of times when a woman, or any person for that matter, but we're talking about women right now, are feeling pushed against the wall, back into a corner, maybe the husband comes home and he says, like, you know, what you've been doing all day, why is there no dinner, or, or maybe you should work on your attitude or whatever it is he says, I think women are better at turning those words around to make the other person
0: feel the guilt. Okay. We a word chest. Yep. Okay. And
1: so I think what happens is one desire that women have is I'm going to elevate, I'm going to argue, I'm going to go from zero to 100 in like 60 seconds, and I'm going to use the words to do it. And I'm going to remind you, because women keep files, right? I'm going to remind you of everything that you've done wrong in your life or in our relationship, and I'm going to spew it back at you.
0: Right.
1: I think that's the bigger issue than it is that women wake up, I'm going to try to hurt you with my word. I don't think it's always purposeful. It can be. Okay,
0: so that's one of the things they were saying that women can do to destroy their relationship. Uh-huh. Using those words to purposely hurt their, their husband or their uh-huh. intimate partner. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. The
1: second thing they have here is having unrealistic expectations. um Sinclair, what do you think? Yeah,
0: I know. I think here they're talking about really seeking your fulfillment from one person, meaning your happiness is dependent upon your husband. It's your husband or your. Uh, Boyfriend, your fiancé's responsibility to make you happy When really it's not your responsibility to make you happy Um, And and I agree with that You know, you can't have anybody really uh, control your happiness It's really up to you You know, you seeing the the good of things You know, the brighter side of things The the glass half full That's up to you, okay I do have a a concern though I know in the article it talks about You know, not just relying on one person to be a friend But have multiple friends and seeking people for different aspects of your life. You know, you have somebody who you enjoy with uh, athletics with, someone you enjoy going to go out to coffee with. You have different friends, and it's okay to have different friends. But I, there is a concern, when, especially when you're married and you are seeking somebody for whatever reason, if your husband is not available and you're seeking that companionship for someone else, you have to be careful that um, emotions don't arise. You're going back to that well too often, where you're going to that other friend when your husband isn't around for whatever reason, and you're going back to that front constantly to fulfill something that your husband is not necessarily fulfilling for you, for whatever, for whatever reason. Because you can get caught up in a situation where you have the emotional emotional cheating, emotional adultery, whether you start building feelings, strong r- romantic feelings toward another person if you don't watch out.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't really see that as a major concern here. I think the major concern, and I think we can talk about it in the way that men and women are genderized as we grow up. You know, I grew up watching Disney stuff. And when you watch Disney or cartoons or any of, especially the the stuff geared towards girls, you have princesses that meet a prince, the the woman, uh, the girl falls in love with the prince, there's some kind of unrequited love. He saves her from some sort of anguish about being alone or whatever, and he does everything she wants. He brings her food. He brings her diamonds. He makes her, if she's a a lowly baker in town, he brings her to the castle and she becomes a queen. And so it's almost like everything she ever wanted he fulfills. And there's story after story after story after story after story. Cinderella, um, Sleeping Beauty, um, what's the one with the long hair? Um, Rapunzel. Um, you've got uh, Ariel coming from under the sea, giving up her fin so that she can be for right. real, so she can have right. two legs and walk with the upright. But yeah. that's the dream, right? That's the right. Dream that they're pointing forward. They're, right. they're
0: saying this is what girls dream about. Correct, right?
1: But, but I don't know if girls dream about it, or if that's what we're programmed to dream about. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't dream about a prince until I started watching Disney shows and they started <laughs> talking about having a prince. Like I didn't, I didn't know that was an option. Um, It shows men as knight in shining armor. It shows women as damsels in distress. Even if you watch, there's a cartoon my daughter watches, Sophia the First. Um, The king, apparently his wife passed away. There's a beautiful woman in town. She's got a little girl named Sophia. He falls in love with her. He marries the mother. And then all of a sudden, Sophia's a princess, and the mom's the queen of the town. And she was like a lowly person in the neighborhood. And now she's like the damsel that has gotten everything that she can have. So I think the fantasy is already built that you're supposed to be with someone, they're supposed to make you happy. And so the thing about that's a catch-22 because I feel like you do want to be with someone that keeps you in a spot of feeling well.
0: Yes. It is It is, a, it is a somewhat of a catch-22 because you do want someone who's going to help your dreams come true, right? right. I but, mean,
1: But and, happiness and, is your own choice. But yes. Let's say, for example, if you're with a man that beats you, the theory of happiness is you can't make him love you. Dude, man, if he's knocking her in the head, it's only so long she can get the happiness from within before she's going to have to make a decision to do something different. Sure, sure. I mean, so I don't think that, that a, a woman or anybody, for that matter, should expect someone to make them happy. Like, I'm going to have kids, and they're going to make me happy. I'm right. going to get married. It's going to make me happy. So I agree that you can't get all of your entertainment from one spot, but I think we walk a slippery slope because men want attention. Men want your affection. Men want everything. Not everything, but men want all this attention from you. Right. Yet women, hey, be careful that
0: you're not putting all your eggs
1: in his basket. So it's hard to be single yet married.
0: Well, I, and I also think that you have to have clear expectations for yourself of what makes you happy, meaning you have to know what makes you happy so you know what kind of man that you're going to try and find. Right? If you know you like uh, athletics, you know you like travel, right? You know, having a man who likes that is going to be good. So that's why, you know, he's going to help fulfill those dreams because you both have similar Similar likes, similar passions. Okay, that's a good thing. But if you're waiting for somebody, you have no idea what's going to make you happy. But somehow when I marry this guy, he's going to figure it out for me and it's going to make me happy. That runs into a problem. But
1: I think sometimes people, like, for me, I like the idea of being married and having a built-in playmate. Like, I like the idea that absolutely I don't have to call each and every one of my friends and ask, hey, I know you're married with kids and you're running the business and you're working hard, but can you, you know, get Walk me to the movies? Right. Yeah, I mean, like, it's hard to juggle all of that. Is even when I tell clients to make sure you have balance and well-being, um, People are working so hard today that they don't have a lot of time to have – most people don't have a lot of time to have friends outside of their family. Absolutely. It's, like, really difficult to do that. Absolutely. So you have work friends, and you all hang at work. But even – like, I remember my first job where they were all going out for drinks after work, and I'm like, man, I've been with you guys for eight hours, and now you want to spend three hours at a – I'm yeah. going home. I'm going home. I mean, so there's a way that we have to sort of think about what our fantasy is versus our reality and try to have it somewhere in the middle.
0: Agreed. So –
1: Number three, uh oh. To me, this is a, a lot like using words to hurt, but number three says using sarcastic and critical statements, gestures, and facial expressions.
0: And, and I'll take this in terms of women you, rolling the eyes, you know, you give you that expression, uh, facial expressions that tell a man that he's doing something wrong or he's, uh, he's messing up, okay? Rolling the eyes, like, you know, I'm not really listening to you, I don't respect what you're saying. Because it's not always verbal, but it's body language, rolling of the eyes, uh, turning around, you know, hey, I'm not really listening to you, I'm going to continue to work, you know what I'm doing. Oh, wait a minute. And versus I'm actually listening to you, I'm still in the conversation. I say things like that, that that can hurt somebody's feelings, okay, and destroy a relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the things that, again, and I do think this is not specific to ladies, but ladies definitely fall in the category of using this, is using words and body language to hurt, the rolling of the eyes. The, it's sort of like when you're a teenage girl or boy, is sucking their teeth and acting like they have an attitude, and you say, what's going on? I don't have an attitude. <laughs> right. Why do you think I have an attitude? Like, Mom, I'm not, I don't have an attitude. And I do think that sometimes the wife of the family can, can fall into that, that gap. And here's what's interesting. I want to be careful because I don't want it to come off like um, you're in the principal's office and I'm yelling at all women of the world or that I've never used some of these things because I can definitely use um, I'm definitely good at the sarcastic gestures.
0: Would you agree there? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: I mean, I think that sometimes, though, women, at least I use those to keep, so I'm not going to say anything for everybody to hear, but I'm going to give you a look like dude.
0: Right. Well, I think this is saying these are things that you don't want to overdo too much because if you do these things continually, it's a nonstop situation, it can destroy your relationship. You know, like well, I that, think
1: you men are say, sensitive. Men are? I men are so sensitive yes. that women are supposed to be able to take so much stuff, and men are super, super thin-skinned about this kind of stuff. And, yeah. ladies, one of the things I have to say is there are really powers in your words. Like, your husband really does want you to be pleased with him.
0: Yes, absolutely. And so absolutely. showing
1: constant, like, you're
0: never going to be good enough is really hard. Absolutely. And, the thing, again, it's body language, facial expressions eye movement, things of that nature can have a negative impact as well. Mhm. Absolutely. Number four, let's read that D. Yeah. Criticizing him or making fun of him or belittling belittling him in front of your friends and family.
1: No, it it doesn't say in front of him. It says criticize him, make fun of him and, and belittle him to your friends and family. Okay. Not in front of. Like in front of will be me and you are together and then I go see how dumb he is. But this one here is kinda like when your husband isn't around filling the beans about everything he's done. Okay. There's a difference. Okay, difference. Do you see the difference? No. Go ahead. Yes. The difference here is, and now one thing. The
0: reason I say, say, go ahead. ahead. You finish. No, go ahead. The reason I say is the message is the same. No, it's not. If you belittle
1: your husband in front of your family. But I'm just, let me just clarify for you you, because you're really not getting the definition. They're two separate things. Okay. Okay. So this one is talking about when your husband is not around telling all the negative that he's ever done and belittling him behind his back so that they think less of him. And then when he's with them, they're treating him different, and he doesn't know why. Gotcha. Okay, go ahead. This is talking about something totally
0: different. Okay. You, you, you get that? I do. Got
1: uh-huh. okay. um, So this one is really important because I always talk about building a bubble around your relationship so that you don't poison people against your spouse. And I think this right here is talking about poisoning people against their spouse. So, like, for example, here it says, when you speak poorly of your spouse, your close friendships and relationships will remain irreparably altered against your husband. In time, this can destroy your marriage. So never understand why your friends don't like him and why your mother is mean to him. You see my point? Yeah, like, I do. They're talking about this is kind of going behind his back and painting the picture of how horrible he is. And then when you're with him, you're acting like, no, I, I would never say those kinds of Everybody's
0: things. Everybody's looking at him funny, yes. stepping back from him. He doesn't know yes. why, what's going
1: yes. on. This is like when, and, and I will say ladies do this a lot,
0: you get into an argument with your
1: husband, you drive straight to your parents' house, and you're crying and weeping and wailing, well, you tell them everything that he did, and as we all do in an argument, we present our side of the story, and like it's sure. more negative towards him than ourselves. And then the family definitely is going to choose your side. Maybe not every single time, but for the most part, families seek by their own, and then they're feeling some kind of way about him. Right. And the reason this, this breaks apart a relationship, I mean, I see this particular point, I could stay here all day. Mm, okay. It controls a lot of marriages. It ruins a lot of relationships because you can forgive your husband for all that he's done, but your mother cannot. And just when when he does something again and you've forgotten about the last thing he does, your mom, your sister, your dad, your grandmother, your best friend, your coworker, your supervisor will say, didn't he cheat on you last year? I mean, I wouldn't be taking this stuff. That's a lot of stuff to be taken from him. And
0: they're going to bring it up when and it's going to read, you all the anger and emotions that you had that you were always over with, Mm -hmm. okay, and bring it up again, okay. Mm -hmm.
1: And that he can never live it down. It's this thing where he can never live down the things he's done because everybody knows it. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's it's a difference between he did something wrong, you and him know it, y'all get over it. And he did something wrong, you told your coworkers, they told their spouses, they told their friends, that he comes to the to the company Christmas party and people are laughing. That's
0: the guy. And giggling. Over right.
1: And he the one. He has one too many drinks and they remember that you said he was an alcoholic. Um say, so,
0: you know, Oh Bob, you you sure you want to have that drink? Have some, right. Here's some Pepsi or Coke over here. Right. Man, what are you talking about? All right, we got
1: water. We got water. <laughs> you know what? Let's get him water. Right. I mean, or if, if something goes wrong the table they go, Hey, calm down, calm down <laughs> You know, and he's sitting there like, well, why is everybody thinking i got a problem? Because you have presented all that information that you could to the.
0: That's a great point. That's then a great point. So what, what do you think about And I think it, it harms those relationships. Okay, it can destroy your marriage relationship with him because all the outside people who you still deal with still have a negative impact of that relationship mm-hmm. and a negative impact of your husband or your partner. Mm-hmm. because that's the way you presented it to them.
1: And a lot of times people do that because they want sympathy, they want and, – and here, this is another catch-22. In abuse relationships, a lot of times a, a spouse will isolate you from everybody else and tell you don't talk to that relative, don't talk to this cousin, don't tell this person what happened, right? So a lot of times people don't tell them. But here I'm saying as long as your physical safety is not an issue, then some of the things that are going on, if you're going to stay with this partner –
0: it can ruin things for you to let everybody know. If you have a disagreement, he forgot to pick up the groceries, okay.
1: But it could be even worse than that. He yelled at you. He screamed at you. He, he you know, told you to go to bed without any dinner or whatever you think <laughs> a horrible thing is. He said you were fat. It can be worse than that. But okay. you have to remember, if you're going to stay with him and, and, and you tell all this bad stuff to other people, they're feeling some kind of way. They want to defend you. They want to be your friend. They want to – I'll never forget that somebody told me once, um, I used They used to get tell their best friend things, and she would never treat the husband different. But that friend passed away, so her other close friend, she would tell things to, and that person would mistreat the husband every time something happened. And she really missed the way her other friend didn't treat him any differently. And I said, if you don't want him to be treated differently,
0: you don't tell that information. Yeah, that's true. And everybody looks at situations differently. So if something happens to you, that person may say, you know what, I would leave him over that. that you know that may not even be in your head mm-hmm. or you know so you just talk about it like, wait a minute and then that's so that made the person who's maybe giving you advice say your advice is to leave them and that really wasn't in your head at all in the first place mm-hmm. now you have these outside influences telling you kind of what to do and what what they would do with that situation mm-hmm. and it may be totally different than what you would think
1: here's another perspective
0: when you give away all
1: your spouse's weaknesses Somebody has all that ammunition to use against you when they're looking for a mate. Mm-hmm. They could say, oh, okay, he screams at her about not keeping a clean house, so whenever he comes over here for dinner, I'll make sure the house is clean. Mm-hmm. Oh, he yells at her for not having her, her hair together, her makeup on, I'm going to keep mine looking good all the time. So then if you have discord with her one day and she's got an opportunity to have a conversation with him, believe it, she'll bring up all the witnesses that you said. She'll say stuff like, you're not so bad. I, I don't know why she says you're mean. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? That could right. come out at the most inopportune time. So you got to be really careful with talking about those things.
0: That's um, my point. Point. Number
1: five, classic female thing, although I'm seeing lots of men, men doing number five, withhold affection
0: and sex. That's a biggie. That's a, that's a huge one. That's and a people, you know, uh, obviously you're married. You know, that's part of the arrangement that you're going to have sex, going to be intimate with one another. And some people, because you had an argument, so now we're going to withhold sex. Um, You have a disagreement on something, now you're going to hold sex, but that brings a rift in that relationship. Because it's not that everything has to be 100% perfect that means we're going to have sex. No, just like everything doesn't have to be 100% perfect that means we're going to eat dinner. No, right? We can still be upset with one another, have some disagreements, but we still have to do the things that it takes to maintain the relationship.
1: You know, a lot of times women say to me
0: that they're tired of sex being obligatory,
1: like they have to do it. Like, why can't I not? Have sex with him, like if I'm not feeling it Why do I have to, to have sex with him Like that makes me feel degraded Why can't he want me to be in a position to have sex with him Why does it always have to be about he, What he wants
0: Okay, what do you think? Well, I mean I, I, that part, of the, I guess that it's part of the agreement that you have, it Should be a conversation But part of the agreement you have when you get married Is that you guys are going to be fulfilling One another's sexual needs Okay, and just like, again, like I mentioned I, he may not be feeling like I don't feel like paying the bill. I don't feel like taking out the garbage. I have, so guess what? You have to do things that, that you are required to do, that you need to do for your relationship, for your running your household, uh, whether you feel like it or not. It's part of what you have to do, whether, again, whether you feel like it or not. Now, it still should be pleasurable for both parties, okay? But it's not always going to be equally pleasurable for all parties or equally convenient, okay? Because sometimes you may have to have sex and you are tired. Okay, you don't necessarily feel like it, okay? But once you get into it, hopefully you turns around and you start enjoying it and do feel like it. But it's not going to be like that 100% of the time, every single time.
1: You know, one of the things I want to stress here is that um, the general or traditional roles that used to be that men pay the bills, women birth the babies, have sex, keep the house clean, are changing. And so both men and women largely are working. I mean, there was a time, even when I was a kid, a lot of people are stay-at-home moms, Um, At least in my grandmother's age range, most of the women I know, their grandmothers never worked a job. I mean, so there's a change in the traditional setup of the way households are running. Sure. And I think what's happening with that, because you're talking about the expectations that he would keep the bills paid, but these days the expectations that both parties keep the bills paid is there. Right. So then the leverage of he does his end of the bargain, you have to do yours, is really being lost because so many women are – this 50-50 rule, and we'll talk about this in another show, this idea of 50-50 has really taken hold. And so um, some of those traditional things where women feel like, okay, it's obligatory, I have to
0: do it, are kind of falling by the wayside. I guess I was thinking about saying – With that said, I wasn't finished. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead, yes.
1: With that said, sex is really a natural part of marriage. It's a natural part of the marriage relationship. Now, when you're dating, that decision to have sex is I'm not going to push that. But in a marriage, the understanding is that you're going to provide to each other. And in general, I mean, some marriages are set up different. But in general, only to each other, physical intimacy, emotional intimacy, all of that type, the, the spectrum of intimacy that comes along with a marriage. When someone doesn't get their needs met, So, like, if person A was whole sex because person B didn't pay rent, or person A was whole sex because she's tired, or person A was whole sex because he yelled at me this morning, so now he expects me to come home and have sex with him. And I always tell this to women, absolutely yes. Because here's the issue. You never want intimacy to come between you and your spouse because that sexual intimacy is one of the strongest bonds in a marriage. It makes the difference between the
0: marriage and the neighbor next door, that's a really nice person that will give you the shirt off their back. Absolutely. That's what—that's one of the things that making this a marriage, okay? That this is one of the acts that you are confirming this is a marriage, this is different than any other relationship that you have on earth because this is the person you're sharing this type of intimacy with. Mm-hmm. And, if again, if you're an exclusive marriage, right, where you're only having sex with one another and you're not fulfilling that need, where is he supposed to get that need met from if you say this is a need and you're withholding this and he said this is a need i have to have this and i'm you're the one who i'm getting this need met from and if you're not willing to meet that need you run a chance of so that that person trying to fill it with another need
1: you run a hundred percent chance of that person trying to fill it in another way Mm -hmm. and i think that the thing that happens is is that Sometimes we get caught up in our own emotions and feelings, and you didn't text me today. You didn't woo me today. And guys, I mean, women may withhold sex, but I think one of the things that guys do is you don't do a lot of the foreplay that it takes. Hey, how's your day going? Like one lady told me that her husband cleaning up is like foreplay for her. Okay. When he helps her clean up the house and picks up toys, then she gets all tingly inside for him. And I think... Women, you have to do a better job of saying, listen, these are the things that turn me on so that I'm prepared to give you what you need.
0: So I can turn you on.
1: But you can't just say, I'm not going to give you any sex because I don't feel good And we get this night after night. It's like we talked a couple of years ago about sexless marriages and what that does to relationships when there's absolutely no intimacy. It can
0: destroy a marriage,
1: destroy a relationship. Because here's what opens the door. It doesn't cost cheating, but if somebody wants to have sex and you're not giving it to them sooner or later, they're going to go find it somewhere. Right. And then if you say, well, you betrayed me. Why didn't you tell me you to sex that bad? The, well, the day you got married, the understanding was there that you and he both want to sex that bad.
0: I agree, Absolutely. That's part of the deal. That mm-hmm. is part of the deal.
1: Mm-hmm. And here's the, here's the thing. Um it's okay to have some days where you don't want to have sex, but you have to do something with your spouses need to connect on a physical level, whether you're in the mood
0: to do it or not. Right. You can make compromise and discussion, well, you know, we can't do this sexual activity, we can do this sexual activity, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Absolutely. And what kind of compromise can we come with?
1: Absolutely. And you got to be creative. I mean, I think the other thing is that um, when people are married for after a while, sex can get boring. So you sure. have to spice that up, ask about what you need, think about what they need, maybe try different locations, maybe have conversations about it when you're not so upset about things and, like, try to manage that piece of it. Um, we got to run through the rest of them really quickly because we only have 90 seconds left for the show, but... Number six is is disrespecting his insight, opinions, and advice. Um, That's a really big one. I hear so many men saying, Dr. well, my wife doesn't listen to me. She doesn't hear me. If I tell her what to do or how to do something, she won't do it. And a lot of times I think that um, women – talk about problems, they say what's going on, a husband wants to fix it, he's a fixer type of a personality, and you say, don't try to fix me, I'm not broken, I just want to have a conversation.
0: I think the important thing there is let him know up front, hey, I'm not looking for a solution, I just need to talk to you and let you know what's going on. But I'm really not looking for you to give me a solution. Okay, great, I know you're just going to chit chat, and I'm not supposed to be working on a plan to help you fix this matter.